Hi there everybody, welcome to the test part two. In part one we looked at Abraham being tested and that God tests us and he will actually allow us to be tested for the purpose of change and transformation. From the purpose from being and living an earthly life to an eternal life. God has predestined a group of people to be his and to walk in the manner in which he walked and not just say we're Christians but become Christ-like. And so just like he tested his son and put his son in tests, we too will be put in tests and he will allow us to be tested for the purpose of our own growth and maturity so we can lay hold of every promise that is yes in Jesus Christ, the promise now and the promise for the future. And so the part two is the test, whom do you love? What an essential question. Whom do you love? And that's what I want to look at today. And we're going to look at that through Genesis 22 verse 2. He said, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on the mountains of which I will tell you. Take now your son, your only son. Remember, this is the son that Abraham has been waiting for, the promised son for a number of years. And Isaac is around 13 or 14 years of age. Whom you love. And go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering. Right here, we are witnessing the ultimate test for Abraham and for all of humanity, which includes you and I. This is not just an Abraham test, but this is an ultimate test for every follower of Jesus Christ. The test of whom do you love the most whom has center stage in your heart everything and i mean literally everything hinges on this macro test because we're in a relationship with a god that wants to be at the center of our lives the life we come into and the inheritance we can experience and receive now is all defined by the overcoming of this test. And yet there is a twist to this. Things are not quite as they first appear. It's the twist which makes the test the ultimate test for every follower to overcome. Does he love God the most? And will he obey his command? This is Abraham. Or does he love, sorry, or does he love his one and only son the most? So does he love God or does he love his one and only son the most? And will he fail to keep God's command due to his love for his son, Isaac? This is the very thing that we are all asked as well. Is Abraham 
going to sacrifice his son, his one and only son, the promised son that he has waited for for so long, whom he loves and adores as a demonstration of his love for the Father. Now we know that the scriptures say where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Whom is Abraham's true treasure? Is it God? Is it Isaac? Well, here's the twist. Is it someone else? Is it God? Is it Isaac? Or actually, in fact, is it someone else? You see, this test wasn't about whether Abraham loved God more than Isaac or Isaac more than God. This test and the test that we are tested in is whether Abraham loved himself more than he loved God and Isaac. This was the ultimate test on whether Abraham was still in the bondage of self, loving self, causing him to be a lover of self and a lover of the spirit of self, which we are all born with and we also are tested on. Every one of us is born with this demonic, fleshly reality called iniquity and it is from this nature that we choose to love ourselves over God and others. This is why Luke says that we must hate even our own lives if we want to be his disciple. Never mind hating everyone else, hating your own life. Luke 14, 26, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children, brothers and sisters, now listen, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. You cannot be a disciple of Jesus Christ unless you hate your own life and hate others in your life because the, that, that reality will get in the way of truly following Jesus. You have to be removed from being a lover of self for you to truly follow Jesus the way Jesus determines. We must despise this nature of self, despising it and allowing it to be crucified within us and allowing God to put it to death through the power of the Spirit, the spiritual Word of God, so we are no longer lovers of self. Romans 8.13 For if you are living in accordance to the flesh, you must die. If you are still a lover of self, you are living in accordance to the flesh, then that has to die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you're going to live. This puts an entirely different spin on this message. <clears throat> it is this message that God wants us to use to reveal the true state of our heart before Him. The reason for this is so that you and I can turn from this wickedness of loving self and allow Him to do a deep surgery within us, freeing us from the spirit of self, which causes us to love self, so we can truly love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. God does not and will not share His glory with another. And He commands us to love Him with all we are. 
He tells us we are not worthy of him if in fact we love ourselves and others more than him. And this is what it says in Matthew 10, 34 to 37. Do not think I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. I came to divide those that love themselves and love others more than they love me. For I came to set a man against his father and daughter against her mother and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies, listen to this, will be the members of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. You know, it's so natural in the way of earth to love those people more than him. But that's a symptom of a greater root system of still truly being in love with yourself in a fleshly, demonic way that you cannot get free of. Jesus came to discover who truly loves his father and himself as their number one heart position. And this is the test that Abraham was being faced with. And it will be the test that you and I will be faced with. There are no great areas here. Hence, he lets us know that this test of who we love and whom we hold as number one in our heart will be highly contested for by humanity. This test will cause our own natural family members to come against us as we put the Father and the Son and their will ahead of them and their priorities that they have as their relationships within the natural family. It's not about 99% of our heart but our entire being, body, soul, and spirit. The 1% keeps you out. And this raises the question of whom do you and I truly love? And how do we know whom we truly love? It's easy to say, oh yes, I love God. That's easy to say. And I love Him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. But what do our lives actually demonstrate as to whom we truly love? What's your life saying? If we recorded you today and you recorded me today over a period of three to six months, what would your life communicate to all who were watching that video about whom you truly love? Some questions. Where would you have spent the majority of your time and on whom? What or who would have occupied the majority of your thinking? Where and on whom would you have spent your finances? Where would you have put your energy, effort, abilities and giftings into over this period? Whom would you be found serving and doing the majority of your things for? And what would you be eating and drinking as nourishment for your body, soul, and spirit? Now, we also have to acknowledge and be fully aware of the fact that just because we can be busy for God and doing things for God isn't the evidence we love God. We can do all these things and be highly functional and busy and completely not love God at all but do everything from loving ourself and having our need for self being gratified 
because our value, our identity, our worth and our meaning are attached to doing things for God because it's still about being in love with yourself. The proof that we love God with all we are is ultimately an inner thing, but it has an ability to love the way Jesus and God loves due to having this eternal fruit of love through the power of the Spirit being formed through abiding in the vine. This is why 1 John 2 verse 3 says, By this we know that we have come to know Him if we keep His commands. The one that says they know God but can't love like God, they're a liar. And that can be really hard to hear and harsh to hear, but it is the truth because that's what the living scriptures say. And so it's imperative that we actually come into this reality through this test of having self ripped out of us, lover of self, spirit of self, and a spiritual spirit put within us that enables us now to love God, no longer loving self. And this was this test that Abraham was facing. The ability to love God and humanity the way the Father commands is the evidence we know we are in God and know God. And once again, this is 1 Corinthians 13 love. Because God is love, then you cannot separate love and God. It's not God and love. It's God is love. And so if God love is in you, formed in you, then you will have the is, not do, is. Love is patient. And you'll find these nature and these attributes within you coming forth from you. 1 John 2, 4, the one who says I've come to know him and does not keep this love commandment, that person is a liar and the truth is not in him. And that is a test on itself to show you of where you are truly at within Him. So it's the ability to love as God loves, which is the evidence you know Him, and it's the evidence you're in Him. Anything less than that, then we don't have what we need, and we are in a mistaken reality. So as we know, Abraham overcame this test and demonstrated his love for the Father that he had, and his heart posture by faith. So the question I want to leave us with is this. Would we and where are we truly at with this test? Of whom do you truly love the most? Is it still you? And if it is, God's going to put you in constant tests. And allow things to happen to have that outworked in your life. So you can start truly loving him the way you've been designed to. So it is good news. So questions. Why is this test the macro test out of all tests? Why is it number one? Why is it so important? <clears throat> number two, why is whom we love the most so essential in our journey and relationship with God? What is the life we can know and live from if God is the number one in our hearts? What are the consequences to our journey and relationship with the Father if He doesn't hold number one position of love in our hearts? And what is the next step you need to initiate with the Father in relation to these questions? Be encouraged 
This is a work, a good work from love that God wants to do in you to release you from being a lover of self and a lover of others to truly being a lover of God because he replaces the spirit of self which loves itself with the spirit of himself which loves him. See you soon for part three.